And your Lord inspired the bees. Make your homes in the mountains, the trees, and in what people construct. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May Allah bless you guys, may Allah reward you guys. Hope you guys have an amazing day. And a very warm welcome back to another episode of the Arabic in 60 Steps podcast. This is, this is another episode of our wildlife series. And uh, obviously we're going through a number of these stories of various animals in the Quran. Uh, we are now talking about the bumblebee. And uh, before I read this, I think it would be a good idea to um, have a recitation of this particular ayah. Um, you know, that there isn't, there's a whole surah named after the bumblebees. Um, it's surah number 16, if you want the number for it. And the ayah, which we'll be talking about today, is ayah uh, number 68. But um, rather than um, letting, letting me recite it, I think it would be a good idea to um, use a recitation of it, which I just think is absolutely beautiful. This is kind of one of my go-to recitations on YouTube. So I'll, I'll play it for you, inshallah, and we'll let the Sheikh Hazar al-Bulushi uh, recite it for you. وأوحى ربك إلى النحل أن اتخذي من الجبال بيوتا ومن الشجر ومما يعرشون the beautiful recitation which you just enjoyed was stolen with absolutely no permission whatsoever so if the podcast goes quiet for a while then I might be in jail Whilst I am happy to take one for the team so we can all hear a beautiful recitation, I've mitigated the chances of being charged with this by including a link in the description to the full video which you may enjoy, inshallah. Um, uh, in all seriousness, um, hopefully I'm not going to prison for sharing that with you. So, we're talking about the bumblebees in this particular episode. Um, and the term that's used is an-nahl, as you would have heard. The, the term an-nahl is the one that's used in the, in the name of this surah. And even though it's named after the nahl, um, the, the term an-nahl only actually occurs once in the entire Qur'an. It's, it's only in, in this one ayah when it occurs. And in fact, I, I actually I did have a little, I did have a browse to see if I could find any other words that even used this root. Sometimes we can explore deeper meanings of words in Arabic by using a particular, by, by exploring a particular root. But um, I only actually found one other word that's from this same root, which is um, an ayah in Surat al-Nisa, um, the, the, the Surat of the Women. And when Allah uses the term nihlatan, nihlatan, to mean like graciously or something. It's about it's about giving women their bridal gifts or giving them a mahar um, and, and giving it to them graciously, with like not, not begrudgingly or something. I don't know if there's kind of a connection with bumblebees being gracious and how they how they glide through the air. Um, but anyway, that's a little bit of um, of speculating on my part. But um, but the, but the, the point of me saying this is that even the root of that very word is um is very rare in the Quran. And this term anahl, it means the bumblebees. Um it's another collective term, much like the term aneml, when we learnt for the we learnt the word for, for ants. Obviously the singular of, of aneml is nemletun. And um I believe that the word for one bumblebee is nahlatun as well, so it actually has the same has the same pattern. But not to be confused with nihlatun, which was um the the, the adverb or or nihlatan is the adverb to do something graciously. But anyway, an-nahl. So we, we, we move on, inshallah, to talking about this one particular ayah. Obviously, this is the only ayah that we have to work with. So um, we'll do a kind of a word-for-word walkthrough of it. And um, yeah, then that, that will be the bulk of the episode of the podcast. Before we get into this nitty-gritty, I will just do a quick announcement. Um, I would like to welcome um, our sister Mejda onto the exclusive program. She has secured her place on the exclusive class which is really cool. Um, so there are only a few spaces left. So if you want to learn about that and how you can come come into the class and be one of only eight students who's kind of guided and mentored by me personally over the next three months, then you can just click the link in the description below or in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this. Um, or if you have any specific questions about it after you've had a look at the website, 
you can email me sam at arabicin60steps.com. So without further ado, let's have a little look at this ayah. So we heard the wa at the beginning is not part of the verb. Um, the wa is just a way of kind of introducing this sentence. The most common meaning of wa is and, but 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 wa has a number of different uses um, in Arabic. And in this case, it is um you know it's it's introducing the it, it does mean and like you'll see it in the translations as and, but um often in English we don't start sentences with the word and. But um, but you can in Arabic, you can in English as well. It's not grammatically wrong to, but we we don't see it so much in in English. But it is very common in Arabic. So and awha, awha is the form for verb. We usually see these um, in the pattern um, afala. Other examples of this would be like the verb um, aslama, meaning to become a Muslim, or um, the verb arada, meaning to want something. But this is the verb awha meaning to inspire something upon someone else. Um, its root word is wahi, meaning a revelation. Um, yeah, so to reveal upon someone or to, or to inspire upon someone. So, wa'awha rabbuka. So it's rabbu who is doing the inspiring. The, your rabb is your lord. Um, and the cat on the end means means yours, right? Rabbuka. And it's a, it's a dhamma on there, so rabbu. Because the Rabbu is the subject. It's the one actually doing the awha, which is why it takes a Dhamma. وَأَوْحَى رَبُّكَ And your Lord inspired إِلَى So awha إِلَى is, is the way that that verb is used. If you inspire something upon another, then the, the verb is awha إِلَى somebody, right? You, 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 inspire to, you, you inspire upon somebody or inspire to somebody. But who is the one which your Rabb, which Rabbuka is inspiring upon? An-Nahli. It's not just one, it's not An-Nahlati. Um, it's, 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 it's the bees in general. It's not one particular bee. There was, in, in the story of the Neml, um, of the ants, there was kind of one particular ant who was kind of the hero of it all, um, who spoke. And uh, Sulaiman was pleased with her words. But, um, but in this case, it's, it's the bees in general that, that, that your Lord has inspired to. To do what? Anitakhidi. Anitakhidi. That, so this is like, so, so the N, so the N is saying that, right? And he inspired your Lord to the bees that they should do something, right? But it's, it's not talking in the third person anymore. This ittakhidi is a fi'l amr, it's an imperative. Ittakhidi, and it's in the feminine. Um, Allah is addressing the, the, the bumblebees in general. That's um, in, in a feminine manner, ittakhidi. And we've actually seen this verb, ittakhada, a number of times, meaning to take something. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the, the most recent example that, we, that we, we've used that in. Because we have mentioned that in previous episodes of this podcast. The verb ittakhada, meaning to take something as something. It's often used in the Quran about how the Christians um, say, that, say, that, say that Allah has taken a son. It often uses the term ittakhada, have, ta- have taken Isa as a son. And things like that. That that's kind of how it's used. It's not. It doesn't mean to take, as into to take to own something or to receive something. And uh, we use the form one verb for that. We use the verb akhada for that. The imperative for that verb is khud. Um, you often hear it in football. Actually, if you ever go to an Arab country and you play football, um, you'll hear people say khud, meaning like to t- take it. If you pass the football to someone, khud. Um, but yeah, it can be used for other things too. But this verb, this particular verb, ittakhada, is for taking something as something. As in taking somebody as a son. Or in this case, taking the mountains as homes. So let's talk, let's talk about the language for that. So, um, so your lord, and he inspired your lord to the bumblebees that take, 
min al-jibali buyuta. That you should take from al-jibali. You should take from al-jibali. You should take from the mountains. Jibal is the plural, meaning mountains, and you should take them as buyutan. Buyut is the plural of bait. One bait is a house. Um, little um little fact, which is um, which I like sharing um about the word bait is that it also means a verse of poetry. Um, it's exactly the same, just similar to how in English, like the word C, for us means three different things really: the letter C, the C in the as in the ocean, and to see something as in the verb, some the, the verb. But so even though they have different spellings, right? It doesn't have different spellings in Arabic. It is just the word bait. It means a um a verse of poetry, and it also means. A house. However, it has different plurals depending on which one of those it means. If it means a verse of poetry, it will take the plural abiatun. And in this case, if it is homes, then it will be buyut. And so, yes. So we're saying that's it. So, so we'll go from the beginning, kind of a word for word. And he inspired your Lord to the bumblebees that take from the mountains homes. Wamina shajari. And from a shajari. And from the trees and from the trees wa yarishun wa mimma is a joining together of min and ma um they they get joined together to mean mim to be mimma um that's what's going on so wa and from ma means what and from what yarishun from what the translation will give you what people construct Right, but we'll talk a little bit about the root, the the roots of this word yarishon, because it'll tell us a little bit more about it. We can't help but notice that it has the same root letters as the word for arsh, meaning a throne. Um, I don't know if we have actually mentioned that in this series, but the reason why I think about it is because in the story of um of of the ants that we talked about, um, just a couple of ayat further on than the passage that we read, there's um a passage about the queen of Sheba and the hudhud. The um, the hoopy um, returns to Sulaiman salam with a message, and talks about the Queen of Sheba, um, and and he says, and she has she has a great arsh, she has a great throne, and you know often we talk about um, Allah being upon His throne, He's He's upon the arsh, um, but yeah, so so what is what does an arsh, what does a throne have in common with this, with what people construct? Well, people construct a throne, don't they, for comfort? For them to sit on it's very similar to homes that people construct but it's, it's not just people's homes i mean you know what 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 must be meant by this is that you know when people construct homes or they construct buildings or castles or or anything anything that people construct bees can often make their homes in them even if it's not something that people live in necessarily you know it could be you know it could be anything you know it could, it could be the masjid the, the masjid could have a beehive in it couldn't it or um, any building really, <laughs> anything that people build out of wood or brick or anything can can end up having a beehive in it. So, um, so that would be included in wamimma yarishon and and what people and from what people construct. So, um, yeah, good. So I think that's all of the language. That's all of the language that we can uh, that we covered. So I'll just do a quick little run through of the vocabulary, and then I'll say goodbye, and um, and then I'll talk about what we'll do in uh, in uh, the the following episode and um and that will be the last episode as well so let's go through it so wa is and awha is to inspire or to reveal rabbuka your lord ila means two but awha and ila those are used as kind of one thing to inspire to something or to inspire upon someone and nahli is the bumblebees or the bees an is that ittakhidhi is a fi'l amr in the in the feminine to take 
min al from the mountains, buyutan, homes or as homes, wa min and from the trees, wa mimma, and from what yarishun, people what they construct, yarishun. Yarishun is from the verb. It must be arasha, yarishu, and it's una because it's plural on the end. Yarishun and the ya at the beginning denotes that it's third person masculine. So that's everything for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I will round off by saying that our next episode will be on the camel, and it will be our last ever episode um, of, of this series. Not ever. I'm not retiring for the Arabic in 60 Steps podcast, and unless I get arrested for using Hazar al-Balushi's um, recording. Uh, but inshallah, they'll forgive me for that. Um, yeah, so that's it for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi وأوحى ربك إلى النحل أن اتخذي من الجبال بيوتا ومن الشجر ومما يعرشون ثم كلي من كل الثمرات فاسلكي سبل ربك ذللا يخرج من بطونها شراب مختلف ألوانه فيه شفاء للناس إن في ذلك لآية لقوم يتفكرون والله خلقكم ثم يتوفاكم ومنكم من يرد إلى أرض للعمر لكي لا, لكي لا يعلم من بعد علم شيئا إن الله عليم قدير